Welcome to Big 5 DTV, a show dedicated to news and insights for the African Middle East local digital ecosystem. Big 5 DTV is brought to you by Big 5 Digital. This episode of Big 5 DTV features two executives in charge of driving revenue at local media and marketing technology companies, talking about how managing sales teams and customer relationships have changed during the COVID era. George Leith is EVP of sales at Vendasta Technologies, a global marketing technology firm based in Canada. Wayne Bischoff is CEO of MediaMark, a radio and digital audio sales organization based in Johannesburg. Full disclosure, Vendasta and MediaMark are business partners. The two executives discuss how they manage their organizations through COVID, and more critically, how COVID will permanently change how sales are made in the local digital ecosystem. We hope you enjoy this episode, and please subscribe to our channel. Typically, you know, sort of how do you organize a remote company, you know, what, what have you learned from, what, what have been the difficulties and what have you learned from the process? Listen, the whole world changed for all of us, um, depending upon what jurisdiction you're in. And we, you know, we're a technology company at our heart. And uh, you would think, well, that was probably pretty easy for you to go from having 400 people in the building to having uh, 400 people out of the building. Basically at the end of the day, it was myself and the CEO um, and, uh, and Carly at the front desk to make sure that any parcels that were arriving were being uh, dealt with and, and everyone else moved to remote. And it was an enormous challenge even being part of a technology company. And keep in mind, the majority of our 100 plus uh, sales organization do the majority of their meetings remote to begin with. But it was, it was really that internal team um, collaboration that started to suffer. Uh, we are now in a phase uh, coming back to work uh, mode and what we're finding is is that the uh, the folks doing the work were the ones really asking for this. We didn't really know what it was going to look like, and we did a bit of a survey, and they were like, "No, we want to come back. We we miss the routine and we miss uh, the camaraderie." So I think that you know while we we didn't really notice any major downturn uh, during the time, touch you know wood, and we didn't have to furlough anybody, and uh, again touch wood, it, you know we were very fortunate that way. Uh, what we did find though was that uh, collaboration. Um, you know, 90, 60 to 90 days being apart was really starting to suffer underneath the hood. And now that everybody's back, we're hoping to, to get that collaboration back into the culture. It's one thing to manage and just, uh, you know, teams, internal teams. Um, it's another thing to manage customer relationships. And you mentioned, alluded to something a moment ago, which is relationships that don't currently exist that you're starting to create, that you used to create, uh, I mean, not saying over golf and drink, that's a little old school, but you know, in person. Um, how do you do, I mean, is that just something that just can't be replicated? Or how did you find that that process worked and did you lose much or were you able to work through it? Well, you know, great question. Interestingly enough, we're, we're going to announce partnership that was uh, started here in the month of June that is the biggest we've ever signed with the largest organization that we've ever signed by a long shot. And the majority of that was done with what we're doing right now on a screen share because we had to, we didn't have a choice. Um, and I, I believe, you know, and, and uh, you know, my, my friend and uh, partner who will uh, speak here in a few more moments, we've been working with his entire team completely remote during this time um, because we had to. And we didn't have a choice because he wanted to be up and running when we come out of this thing. And we wanted to make sure that his team had all the tools. So here we are daily um, back and forth. So, you know, I, uh, I think that we've gotten better at that. 
whether it comes to being able to create that rapport with a cold lead uh, or a lead that you just had been introduced to by using screen share. And we have this thing called, you know, face up or cameras up. So you can't just have the emoji there. You've got to be like live on, on screen. That's just a policy that we have inside the organization. And I see organizations where you got to have the, like I've got a, you know, budgets been cut. So that's all I can afford for a backdrop is that white wall behind me. Um, but, you know, I see organizations that have green screens behind. You closed your biggest deal ever remotely. Is there a silver lining lesson in this that uh, maybe you didn't, Bill Devil's advocate here, maybe you didn't need all those flights. Maybe you didn't need all that in, in person. Uh, are you taking that lesson from it or are you just simply is the lesson more that we persevered, but we still would prefer well, <laughs> the old Charles, our, our CFO is taking that lesson from it. It's every friggin' month when we say we might go back to traveling next month. And he's like, yeah, but you, you're setting records without that investment. So I think that's happening in a lot of organizations because that, that travel um, number was the number we were having a hard time justifying. Now let's, let's roll, the, roll the camera back 30 years um, to when we started in the sales organization. Um, and I'm talking about myself and Mr. Bischoff when we started doing this. And you know, one, of the, one of the most inefficient parts of selling was the door-to-door -door aspect of it where you just basically knocked on all the doors and hoped that people were there for the, your meeting. And that it was, a, it was inefficient because they would get called away by a customer or they would ghost you and not show up for the meeting. And yet mm -hmm. you come to your sales manager and say, I made nine calls today. We really only talked to two people and for less than 30 minutes, the rest of the time was spent driving around, having coffee, sitting in the parking lot, trying to find the place because we didn't have, you know, a mapping device. Right. It, it would just, it, it wasn't efficient. So from a sales leadership standpoint where you're being judged on efficiency and return on investment and whether the teams are producing or not, the ability to have a big brother view of that, um, I don't think that that has as negative of a connotation as it used to. Now, we did Big Brother before, but it was on four-legged call, and I could only be on so many calls with my, with my reps in the field. So we're seeing an improvement of efficiency, and we're also seeing some pushback by legacy sellers that you know, aren't used to that level of scrutiny. Um, you're, again, you're phasing back in as we speak. Um, but what is, the, what is the normal going to be given that you used to do a lot of travel and a lot of, you know, four-legged calls and so on, you've proven that maybe it's not necessary. I'm putting words in your mouth there, but so what is, is it just a little tougher justification of that, uh, that plane ticket after this, or is it much more remote selling or do you, is it a hybrid of what was before and what it was, what it is now? What do you, what do you see happening and, and what do you think the outcome will be? That, that's a really great question. I've been thinking a lot about this. I think that inside sales, which is, you know, uh, SaaS software has really been good at that. And uh, there are entire organizations that have been built around improving the efficiency of inside sales where you have that, um, that sales development rep that starts to develop the rapport with the customer, figures out if there's a oppor potential opportunity, needs analysis on steroids, I call it. Mm -hmm. Then you bring in somebody that develops the partnership and the solution, and then you've got growth and retention teams. So that very segmented sales approach, I think you see that continue to just go to the moon. And all indications are showing that. I think you also see that e-commerce um, of some sort is the star of the show. I don't care what business you're in. I don't have to come see you to get, you know, to give you the pitch. I could get on one of these and do it, right? So I think we're going to see that continue to grow. And we were already seeing that high value deals were starting to close without a face-to-face -face, 
um, in person, get on a plane, buy the $300 steak dinner. Mm. Um, I think that it'll be the true enterprise deals that are the ones that are going to be done where it may require multiple touch points and maybe a face-to-face -face plant visit or something like that. But more and more you will see inside sales and the, the amount of the deal that is able to be closed remote just continue to, to accelerate. One last thing on this whole notion of, you know, selling through this environment is, uh, you kind of mentioned the legacy sellers are chafing at this a little. Um, has this changed the profile of who you hire in any way? Well, you want to hire the very best sales professional that's possible. Um, when it comes to the product and the platform and that, you know, we'll teach that stuff, but you can't teach, you know, creative thinking, business acumen, integrity, honesty, you know, those kinds of things. I, I think it's more of a teaching uh, legacy sellers that there's just a new way to engage and it's way more efficient and uh, you can actually have larger uh, ROI. So the return on investment for a sales professional is our time. Um, and if there's a way to do this where we can be more efficient, I think the true sales professionals, and I'm going to call it out, true sales professionals will see the opportunity. So it's a matter of, of framing it in a way that they can see the ROI from the shift, but it definitely is a lift. Any of the leaders that I've talked to that the reps are used to face-to-face, -face, it's definitely been a, a rude awakening of 60 days, but the, the, uh, you know, the people who are good at it will recognize it as a true opportunity to be more efficient. So talk to us about just very briefly what your, um, what your pre versus post uh, apocalypse sales model was. And then we'll talk a little bit about how you've uh, managed through it. Yeah, I mean, up, up to the sort of middle of March, you know, we were, the traditional model was on the national side, we run around, we see the big ad agencies, we see the planners, we see the clients direct, we engage with them, backwards and forwards, setting up meetings, um, nothing virtual, nothing online, the direct sales team are out there in their cars, the good old way, you know, hitting the streets, going to see the guys, setting up appointments, coming back, you know, filling in schedules and drawing up creative plans and brainstorming. And then COVID hit and we sent everybody home and very rapidly we had to get a whole company working offline. And that's sales guys easier. They have laptops, right? So you're kind of used to it. But suddenly we had to have the finance teams, the back office, the creative teams, the ad operations teams, everybody working offline. So it meant getting laptops, making sure everyone was set up, getting data packages, which the first couple of weeks we realized this got really expensive. We had to look for, for better plans and maybe advise people they shouldn't be watching Netflix at all on these, uh, on these plans. And suddenly, you know, the first couple of weeks were difficult, but what, what inspired me was that suddenly people learned to use Teams. Yeah, we got Microsoft uh, Teams as part of our package. We've never used it before. We didn't really use Zoom before. Suddenly we were all using Zoom and Teams and, and, and with clients, you know, you know, Google as well. And we adopted and adapted quickly because our clients adapted the same way. And now suddenly you're setting up meetings and learning how to engage. And then you're learning the tricks of the trade. Don't set up a meeting and try to do the same thing you did in a face-to-face, -face, you know, in a, in a digital call. You know, I had to make it less loose talk to the point, in and out quickly, raise your hand, don't talk over each other. It changed the way we operated in a, in a super fast fashion. The one thing we also said was since we was a massive decline in, in revenue, obviously, like all of us, was that we had to move from a, a model, especially you know, reaping, you know, the rewards of reaping revenue to cultivating relationships. So it became about, we're all in this together, Mr. Client. 
Uh, let's not even talk about the money. How can we help you get through this? That was it about how can we give you information, uh, insights into your, into your sector, you know, special deals to keep you alive on air. You know, we even had a, uh, you know, a gives back campaign to get small, medium guys, live read commercials by, you know, interviews on air for no cost at all, just to get them through this period with an image that, you know, down the line will obviously have great loyal customers. So it became a whole different way of selling. It wasn't selling anymore. It was being there as a, as a trusted advisor and companion to your clients to get them through this period. And as you said, there are, you know, legacy guys found it more difficult, some of the legacy sales guys. They've adopted, there are very few left that are really making excuses. One or two will still say, well, I can't get to see my client directly. So, you know, it's really difficult. Others have adapted so quickly that productivity shot up. They really had the relationship with the client. So it's easy just to say, let's have a, a quick uh, Zoom or Teams or, or, or Google call. Even WhatsApp, you know, video calls have been used immensely with the guys. Um, I think the area maybe the most difficult is brand new clients, new clients who you didn't know. And establishing the rapport. And if our guys are all field sales, they're used to establishing rapport visually and face-to-face. -face. So that's been more of a learning. And as we said, the inside guys, the tele-sales guys would be able to do that a lot better. They know how to establish that emotional connection through the phone. So that's the learning for us as well. But I've seen it's, it's changed the way we, we operate. And I think the, the learnings will be there forever. I think we've adapted. I think we're more productive. And I think whatever way we go back to, we'll talk about the moment, it will be very different the way we've come out of this. We're still in yeah. lockdown, essentially. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, you're level three, if I'm not mistaken. We're level three, and they've just reimposed the uh, alcohol ban on Sunday night, so none of us could go out. And it was immediate effects. So we couldn't go out the next morning and quickly stock up and wine. I finished my last red wine bottle the same night as our president spoke. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. But, uh, <laughs> so, well, you know, I think there'll be a lot of uh, people losing a little bit of weight that they weren't planning on losing just because they can't drink the alcohol anymore. Um, That's true. Th that aside, I'll ask you the same question I asked George, which uh, I think you're, you're anticipating, which is, um, you know, sort of what do you, what do you think the hybridization of the old way and the new way will look like uh, as, you know, level five will come eventually and, you know, you'll be out of this eventually. Um, what, what do you think that will look like? Well, I think the hybrid is going to mean that uh, for, on the direct sales side, the guys will look after your smaller, medium businesses. There'll be maybe, there won't be as many physical face-to-face -face calls, maybe for brand new clients and new clients. I think part of their day is going to be, you know, doing what we're doing right now. So I think we're going to have a call rate, which will be double what it was in the past. It'll be this mix of the two. Um, I think what has forced us to become is a lot more digitally savvy and not just understanding technology, but the training we've had with, uh, with uh, George and the team as well. They're going to be full hybrid guys able to offer a full solution to our customer base, which they never had a chance before to even learn because you're out there physically in the, on the road seeing clients who has time to learn anything more than just what you're selling, your product, your radio product. Now they've had time to sit back and study and learn and understand the full ecosystem, radio, digital streaming, you know, SEO, websites, presence, and now they can offer a better solution to their clients, build up more trust, and we'll have stickier clients in the future. So that's on that, that, that direct side. On the, on the national side, the big brands, you know, I think we realize that we know these clients well. We've worked with them for years, all the big agencies, the Group M's, the publicists, the IPG groups is that we don't need to get out and see them every single time. You know, we can set up these calls, 
and get online and do a deal. We're doing some big deals this way. We're doing creative concepts, presentations. We've got a huge webinar this week, again, with 500 people in the trade. So it can be done. I think we've learned that quite quickly, that we probably get more attendees on a webinar than if we had a physical event at our offices. Obviously, we want to get back to that you know, couple of glasses of wine and establish that. That's part of it. But I think we're realizing it's, it's, we can do both. Mm -hmm. and we can be more productive and we can offer better value. Right. It seems like you both learned a lot about yeah. what you didn't really need to do before and what you can actually get done this way. Um, I know there's things from the yeah. old way that you are look forward to bringing back, but maybe not as much. Uh, you're doing more content online, things of that nature. I'm just wondering how, how this changes the composition of your team, uh, if, if at all, I'm assuming some, some at least. Well, the way we work, I mean, I think in the past you had the sales guys frontline from the clients and you had the sort of middle office, you know, the creative guys, concepts, the back office, ad operations. Strangely enough, this has broken down the silos completely. You know, we're in one big building at different levels. Now we, even our Cape Town office, we feel a lot more closer as a team, as teams. If we're sitting and discussing a client, we're all in the same room together on a, on a, on a Teams or Zoom call. Uh, when we present to a client, we have everybody together who needs to present in front of the client without having to you know, take it back to the creative guys or the concept guys and back at the, at the office. So it's broken on those silos. We were operating more as, as a whole united team that's gonna deliver a solution for a client. And that's the big change for me. You know, it's, it's, it's the destroyed silos, strangely enough. And in many ways, it brought us closer together as a company and how we operate. It's brought us closer to our best clients. There's an intimacy we've built up now. I mean, anybody you speak to, whether it's internally, uh, our, our customers, our own staff, the first thing you ask about is how are you doing? How's your family? How are your kids? How's schooling and online schooling doing? Have they gone back to school yet? You establish that intimacy first, and then you talk about business. So it's, it's, it's completely changed you know, from the old I to the we kind of collaborative you know, approach. And I think that's going to stand us in good stead forever. The relationships we're making right now, you know, it's going to set us up for life with our clients. If this whole COVID had been two months, you know, it would have been over quickly, wouldn't have had these new habits set and get set in their ways. So to me, having this longer process of lockdown, it's actually in some way going to make us a lot more of a future fit company and a lot more dynamic, you know, dealing with our customer base and our own staff. So it's counterintuitive, but yeah. there'll be some good that comes out of it. You know, every crisis, there's a, there's a silver lining. Do you, Customers like this better. You know, chatting to a few customers that I know well that I can speak to, they said, listen, you know, we love your guys. They're great. We love seeing them. But you know something that, you know, often I don't have time for them or they'll come see me and I'm looking at my watch the whole time. Now it's quick. I can have a quick half an hour session with them and I can say, got to go. Thank you. Goodbye. And I'm, I'm off. So they enjoy it a lot more. I think we're going to get a lot more pushback from clients that know us well to say, um, I know you want to come see me, but I'm really busy. Let's just do this online. Which so the customers doing, enjoy yeah. it more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's changed the way we operate. George, do you mind coming back and answering the same question? I think you may have touched on it, uh, but I'd really love to get your take on that. No, I'd agree with that. Um, we're hearing from a lot of customers that it's, um, you know, they actually feel more connected because we aren't waiting until the monthly in-person QBR. Or monthly business review, uh, they're able to reach out uh, in a more efficient manner. Plus, when they reach out to their account manager, that person's here. 
they're not on the road on a plane or you know in the in the travel piece of it so definitely the i believe the efficiency has led to better customer service it's just a matter of uh, again um there are certain issues that you you've got to be across the boardroom table for on those larger deals so we haven't we haven't saw a lot of that um up to this point because both sides can't travel but i i think that as you look into other jurisdictions, because we deal all over the world, if there were some markets, like we could go to Europe right now and do a deal, uh, but we, I can't go to the U.S. to do a deal, and I can't go visit my friend, my friend, Mr. Wayne Bischoff, because you know <laughs> you can't get into South Africa. So I can't go so there. There are those those uh, <laughs> geography geographical issues that we're having right now, but um, well, as long as you're hitting the numbers, Charles, I don't think there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on it. It'll be like, oh, everything's going great. But the minute you start missing on the numbers, you're like, oh, we should get you back out on the road and go see some customers. So I, exactly. That's a fair point. So I, I'm hearing what you guys are saying and I'm thinking, oh my God, I don't want to be in the hotel, uh, airline or restaurant business six months after this or a year after this, because um, all those business expense accounts are going to be cut because people figured out that, they, that it's all big scam i mean that's overstating it tr tremendously but you know where where am i wrong on that exactly i mean because i'm trying to separate out what what piece of that old you know relationship building face-to-face -face is going to survive um you know 10 percent of it 20 percent of it I'm, I'm i'm thinking it feels like maybe it's a quarter of it you know i'm wondering what each of you think of that yeah i think uh probably be cut down by at least two thirds, you know, in terms of the travel and, you know, that's, it's going to be cut down by two thirds more than likely. I mean, permanently, you know, I, I think permanently, I really do. I'm going to realize that we don't need to, you know, have those face to face all the time. You want to have them important for relationship building and you want to see each other because we're human beings. We need to be energized by each other. And I think that's what we all miss. You know, and I, you know, even my Cape Town team, I don't see them except, you know, I'd love to get down there and have that a proper water cooler moment around and chat to them. It's not quite the same. We have something on a Friday with them, a sort of Friday drink session through a Teams or Zoom call. And it's, it's not quite the same, obviously not. So I think we look forward to be able to get around the table. And that's still a very important part of our culture because, you know, it's all about culture as well. And George, you're more bullish on the, the in-person culture uh, internally, but then there's the external question, I think was more about the sort of, you know, how much travel really comes, uh, business travel really comes back. And I, agree. It, yeah. I agree that with Wayne, it will look different. I don't know what the percentage is going to be at this point. I think it also depends upon deal size. I think that if you, and, and what you're offering to the customer, if there is a level of automation there, um, keep in mind, we've got a new group of buyers that are moving into business ownership positions, especially on B2B. And that group of buyers have been raised on apps and um, a phone that isn't a phone and the ability to use that computer in your pocket to do everything. So as they, you know, I had, I had lunch with a gentleman who's now controlling the marketing spend for, you know, 20 auto dealers here recently. And he said, I, I see my future being a little bit different than my father's who uh, ran the business before me. I don't see all my best friends being media reps. And, uh, you know, so here's a young lad that grew up in the industry, watched his father build very good relationships with a group of people that were very important to his business. And he sees that his relationships might be a little bit different in a digitally um, transformed world. I, I saw a great uh, article last week around what this is at a very, very high level from uh, McKinsey. 
and it was around this is the way the customer wants to interact so it, yeah. it's actually putting the power back into the buyer's hands and if the buyer is saying i don't need to see you um let's do a screen share i'm too busy i'm you know i'm remotely running my business that's the best way to interact with me that's the way we're going to move because that's where the the demand is so the supply has to meet that demand and that also comes in the way that we conduct our businesses uh you know as digitally transformed organizations which kind of raises a, a point that's made a lot lately which is this notion of acceleration um that uh, is talked about a lot acceleration of digital transformation acceleration of the move to remote work and you know the the sort of disbanding of the sort of cent central business district you know things that have sort of were considered long-range trends and the other one is i think that's something you alluded to a moment ago which is this sort of app-based um ecosystem and an app-based uh mentality which is much more transparent um and much more transactional i would argue uh in the sense that decisions are made you know sort of uh, you know, based on information that is available to everybody, research, you know, the, the, uh, and and maybe less based on personal relationships. I don't know. Is that fair? I mean, it's sort of what you're talking about with your your friend's son running the, the dealer group now, that he's probably making decisions based on a very different set of criteria and much less on personal relationships. Is that fair? And how do you see that evolving? Oh, we hear it we hear it everywhere mm -hmm. i um i don't think that you could go into um a ceo or a cfo's office anywhere without some level of data to support your hypothesis and the goal that you're trying to help them achieve or the problem you're trying to solve i just don't think that walking in and, and opening up the trench coat and saying want to buy a watch is going to work for you anymore well, that's you know prospect i have three watches <laughs> right so but, you know, my thing to this is anywhere that we can find ways to improve that experience, we're going to have to to compete because the buyer is going to probably find it even before us. So, you know, we really need to be thinking four or five steps ahead in that, you know, and, and transactional and transparent. I, it's interesting that you brought up those two items. So there's nowhere to hide uh, because we can figure out if we're being bullshitted. And then and then number two. Um, I have a wealth of, of choice, so we better make sure that we're delivering a very high level of customer satisfaction. That all points to the, the you know, the, the best are going to survive and the wannabes are going to ha fall by the wayside now because they're just, it, there's less room for you to be half-assed doing business today. Any, any different thoughts on that, Wayne? Look, as you just said, I mean, with, you know, with budgets uh, dramatically less, in the uh, sort of marketing and advertising game, you know, we've got to work that much harder to please our clients because if they have more options, they're going to press you harder, right? So you've got to, you know, you can't just sit back and say, you need me, I don't need you. Like maybe in the old days, you know, we're going to help you get to an audience and help you sell your goods. You've got to go the extra mile. And I think it's, 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 it's changing the way we engage with our clients completely. But it is a, it is a very different world that we're going into right now. And you feel that this um, moment <laughs> felt like more than a moment for sure uh, <laughs> has prepared you for that very different world. I mean, it's, it's preparing, preparing us, but you, you have preparing to take us it. every day. Mm -hmm. It's almost, it almost feels like one huge experiment that we're going through. We're forced into this ex experiment. And on top of that experiment, we've got, you know, 
to the, through the lockdown laws of the country, we, we, there's no cigarettes being sold or alcohol. We, we all go into rehab at the exact same time as the great experiment, <laughs> you know? So we are learning every single day and we are reaching out to each other and we, we asking questions of how are you coping with this? We're sharing ideas. Every single call we have with a client, online call, we're recording those as well. So we can play it back and go through it. We have a whole training division and then we play it back. We, we, we learn, we see what can we improved upon. We have a debrief after big calls, after big presentations with clients. We have something called hot desking. We do virtual hot desks and we have a debrief. So everything's recorded. So we're so much more, more detailed about our approach that we're finessing all the time. We're iterating all the time, which in the past, you probably just stayed in that same, you know, uh, you know, to, you know, wheel. So we can come out of much more refined, detailed uh, business. And I think the people that will keep on board into the future will be very different you know, types of salespeople as well. So to me, it, there's only good that will come out of this in the end. Right now, we can't see it because we're all just in survival mode, but we're having to think, and I'm having to say, just don't stick in the survival mode. You've got to keep looking, where do you want to be in the next year? So if anything's survival mode now, when it suddenly we come out of it, then what? So it's a mix, it's a balance of survival mode, learning, iterating, you know, keeping that culture and keeping your know, hope alive, inspiring your people. And then where do you want to be in a year's time? And I think we, there's an immense amount. We're learning, we're sharing data, we're looking internationally what's happening. We all organizations around the world and we're trying to see what can we do to be better when we come out of this. And we will. We're going to come out with this should go on your CV one day, you know, led through the corona crisis <laughs> absolutely one final question which is uh, another thing that's talked about a lot is you know what opportunities uh does this present and obviously we've talked about opportunities to learn as an organization and to change how we do business that's one way to think about an opportunity but um can each of you talk about another opportunity you've spotted through this whether it's an opportunity to you know, consolidate a market to go into a different business uh, to make an acquisition. I mean, anything, if you can't talk about it, I understand, but uh, is anything that's an opportunity that's emerged from this, from your organization that is unique to the crisis that you can think of that you could share. I can jump in quickly. Uh, the one thing, I mean, we've been working on a, on a whole strategy to move from just being radio with a little bit of digital or digital streaming to being an audio, an audio digital solutions company, right? So we've been driving this whole separate sort of division for one while digital audio streaming and selling advertising on that, those streams. And what's happened with the lockdown is that, you know, listening has gone up on, on radio, on, on podcasting, on digital streaming. So there's been a massive increase in, in listening because you're at home and, and you want to, you know, you also trust your radio brand to, to give you the real news, not the fake news. Uh, and that's at the same time we were on this path to take full digital solutions through through you know through George and the Vendasta Group to market, and this whole COVID crisis accelerated that, and suddenly there's a there's a bigger interest from clients as well. That well, I'm working a lot more online. I need to have a full digital strategy and presence, you know, quickly. And e-commerce is going to have to be key a part of that, which we're going to offer as part of that as well. So, interestingly enough, it's kind of been the perfect storm to accelerate this whole movement. It's almost like you out there, you try to paddle on the waves and this big wave grabs you and takes you to shore. So that's, a, you know, I think it's, it's accelerating that whole movement for digital space. And uh, we're trying to offer a full ecosystem to clients. And, uh, you know, this, 
has accelerated that whole move. We just signed with a big digital tech company called AdsWiz, a US-based Silicon Valley company, which offers programmatic digital audio advertising. And that's all happened now, and it wouldn't have happened as quickly, I think, if we weren't in this space. Great. George, do you have one? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we want to make sure that we have that level of agility um, that we probably always needed. I think it's something that it's interesting. You see it in companies' core values and things like that, where they want to make sure that on a day-to-day basis, they don't forget. Um, it's really the ability to pivot and to capture the opportunity that exists. And the opportunity that exists is there is a level of trust out there that organizations have. We like to call them channel partners. And they have to leverage that trust to solve more than just one problem. Um, and, and that's the expectation of the buyer as well. So, you know, to Wayne's point, it's really interesting to listen to the amount of uh, folks leading organizations talking about it gave us the opportunity to train new skills. It gave us the opportunity to reset the, re- the organization and make sure that we were right sized and we had the right resources in the right places. So, you know, that ability to take a look at your organization, look down the road, see where the opportunity is going to be, to quote a very famous Canadian, um, Mr. Wayne Gretzky. Um, I tried to skate where the puck was going to be, not where it is. And I think that that's a very important piece in running a business today, more than it's ever been. We're going to thrive and survive in these very challenging times.